Hello and welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Those are facts. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm pretty excited because it feels like a little while since we've done one of these. It's the old Riot Ears review. Well, it is for us. It isn't for them, but sure. Yeah. Oh, it kind of is, actually. <sighs> been a couple of weeks we have we have missed a couple of weeks let's apologize i apologize for that sincerely uh that is yeah. mainly down to me and my hideous computer problems which are now all fixed hooray mm-hmm. uh, but, yes. but don't worry we're giving you a bumper one today um by the way th- i mean thanks if you're listening as this came out thanks man or lady uh we appreciate that that's really nice of you to become a patron how lovely of you um if you're not and it's way 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 in the future patreon.com forward slash right act podcast any amount of money and you get these this is what's happening right now you get this like as soon as it comes out um if you want to go for the old five pounds here you get the classic album series which is me and renfrey spending hours literally hours talking about some of our favorite albums ever made so Mm. there you go that's the plug but for any amount of money you can suggest a record and we will talk about it the suggestion we are taking today comes from tom butterworth and we are talking about the debut album by death metal pioneers death scream bloody gore released on the 25th of may 1987 renfrey hello um looking forward to this i am i think you're looking forward to it more than i am um but yes i'm looking forward to it i feel like death are more of a stephen hill band than they are renfrey debman band but some people might be surprised to know i don't know if they will or they won't um that uh, i think death are fucking fantastic um i don't go in i'm very very picky with my death metal um mm. but but when i do like it uh i like it a lot and death death are one of the ones where i'm like yeah i'm into that like it yeah now i'm going to start this with an apology to everyone listening Uh oh straight away because i'm with you renfrey i think death are fucking brilliant although a couple of although it my sort of love for them has really accelerated over the last couple of years oh interesting why is that and the reason sorry i don't really know i don't really i think we'll probably we'll probably get into it as we go but um well, we'll talk about how we sort of first discovered the band stuff in a minute. But mm-hmm. what I want to say is, I I said to myself, when we I knew we were going to do this, ah, Death, they were one of the bands in our Venn, our zero, 00, episode zero, 00, our Venn diagram of um, Riot Act music. Mm. And in the extreme category, I was like, we put Death, we put Death as one of those five bands. I went back and listened we to didn't, it, just did double check what we said. We didn't. Mm. We didn't do that. Um, was that a glowing? Put, was that a glaring omission? Oh, tell me. It, it now been. feels like a really, really. Stu- I was a little bit like, oh, I can't believe I've done that. Mm. I can't believe because I let that go really easily. And I am going to put know, this. On, I'm putting this on you. I've decided. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Well, I. I said it basically came down to death. <laughs> or chocolate. Or death. He- or death heaven. And now, as we sit here, I cannot believe I let you. You are, yeah. I probably for Death Heaven very, very well. But I am like, oh, we let we Meshuggah. I mean, again, there's a sort of chat about our Meshuggah. I mean, I think that the thing was is we picked Meshuggah and Napalm Death and Behemoth, and we put Behemoth um, in. Oh, it was. 
Behemoth, Napalm Death, both have a lot to do with death metal. Entombed, just because I love them yeah. so much. Mm. Um, but the whole black, Meshuggah, and roll, the black and roll thing, isn't it? Yeah, Meshuggah, and then Death Heaven. So really, I think we needed something to sort of represent black metal, which is why I think I gave it up so quickly uh, when it came down to death. Because it would have just been five death... Five ba- I'm I'm not saying Meshuggah are just a death metal band or that, you know, Napalm Death are just a death metal band, but obviously they've made death metal records before. Yeah. But I was like, I can't believe I just gave it up so easily for death. And my point at the time was, I think is what I actually said when we were doing the chat is that I really, really like death and I really respect them. And I think everything they've done is brilliant, but I just don't really listen to them that much. And over the last couple of years, I found myself listening to them a hell of a lot. How interesting. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if I should talk about how I got into death because uh, I was, you know, as someone who doesn't tend to go towards death metal unless I'm told, oh, this is really, really good. You should check it out. Um, Death passed me by and I just saw them as another one of those bands who has kind of, you know, mutilated corpse covers and so on and so forth and put them all in that that same bracket, I think, as you sort of do. Um, mm. I mean, broadly, many of them do sound quite alike. Um, mm. But Death just do it really fucking well. And um, we, I, we talked about this in the test. There's a friend of mine who used to work at um, Waterstones with me. Uh, yep. and uh, he introduced me to Testament but another band he introduced me to was Death um, mm. and this is where I picked up a lot of that sort of extreme stuff he introduced me to bands like Death and Grave and Bloodbath and stuff like that um, and just made me realise okay it's not all the same <laughs> which is probably more or less what I thought before yeah. that time we're probably going back sort of 10-12 years now um, so that was my introduction I, I mean Oh, no, I'm not going to go into that yet. But yes, uh, that's how I got into them. So how did you find out about them? Well, I mean, it definitely was when Chuck died uh, in 2001. I was suddenly, I mean, you know, death metal was something which I really didn't have any sort of uh, awareness of. Probably really, like, like I said, I think I've said this a bunch of times before, Niall came along. Mm. And I went, oh, I like that. And I'd always liked Entombed, but I think Entombed kind of crossed over in the mid, the the the, the start of the late nineties. Just, just if that's a thing. Just to interject very quickly, listen, hearing Niall on uh, Marianne Hobbs Radio One Rock Show mm. was probably the first time, maybe, that I heard what we would broadly call either a black metal or death metal band, and when like that extreme metal thing, and yeah. when oh hello yeah that was probably and i would have been about 15 so yeah yeah yeah. right okay yeah so oh yeah it was black seas of vengeance came out in 2000 and i wouldn't have heard it when it first came out so it probably like when chuck died i was like oh okay and people started going on like you know there was quite a lot about it in kerrang suddenly and i'd never even really heard anything about this band before i just knew they were a band from the 80s yeah and then kind of getting into death metal um it wasn't really until years later that I actually kind of bothered listening to them. And I think mm. it would have been the Metal Headbangers journey ah. uh, when he spoke about leprosy. Yes. So leprosy was the first, or when he, I mentioned leprosy by death and leprosy was the album that I then went and sort of checked out. And because of when it came out, because of what it sta- sounded, uh, sounded like, um, we just didn't, um, you know, we just didn't, uh, I, I didn't kind of love it straight away. 
Um, I think and... I think there is a feeling that a lot of that stuff that was recorded in the 80s, whilst they were the pioneers, so on and so forth, yada, 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 the production just wasn't there to really proper, mm. properly capture this music at its fur- at its most furious, you know. And there's there's an element of that. Uh, we are talking about the debut album here, Scream Bloody Gore, the one before Leprosy. Well, uh, you know, we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, the, the, this is the only one not recorded at Morrisone Studios by Scott Burns. Yeah. And Scott Burns became the guy, obviously. Um, but yeah, even then, you know, having heard Nile and, you know, going into stuff like Behemoth and, you know, the the some of the newer band. I mean, I suppose around that time as well, I would have been listening to shit like Job for a Cowboy, which is... You know, sort of show, showing up <laughs> like my metal credibility at that. But, but do you know what I mean? Um, but that stuff sounded fucking brutal. So I was a bit yeah. like, well, it's a bit clicky, clickety clack, clickety clack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I was sent the, um, so I just sort of forgot about them. And then I was sent uh, the the remaster of Leprosy when it came out in 2014. And I sort of went in for another go. And then I went, oh, this is really fucking good. Um, what I've sort of found over the years, and we'll probably get into it, is really... Uh, I, I really like Leprosy now, but I think this sort of, uh, there are, you can kind of split Def's career in half, even though they've got seven albums. And I think it's human in 1991. When that comes along, I think things change quite radically. Human's the one. Uh, human's the one for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely, me too. Um, but, you know, uh, that's not the one that we've been asked no. to speak about Which today. Is fine. Um, so and in, 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 in many ways, this album is maybe more interesting from a historic, certainly from a historical point of view, this album, because it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a year zero, um, arguably. Arguably. Well, let's argue that point. So Death were originally called Mantas and then changed the name to Death and released the hugely influential and groundbreaking Death by Metal demo in 1984. Obviously, it's not the only... Uh, demo that death uh released but um and we're not going to talk about it too much anyway but it it meant it turned them into this kind of you know underground phenomenon they were spoken about in kind of quite hushed terms even before they had a record deal or before this record came out um i mean this is chuck's first go at an album and he wrote and plays everything by the drums which is chris refight is that you say his name he used you know I'm playing ha- on his i'm happy to go with that yeah it's only ever a performance uh an appearance on a death album um but what this gets called a lot is the first death metal album mm. so renfrey yes or no in your mind oh. is scream bloody gore the first ever death metal album i don't think i'm the in some way i, mean, I don't want to dodge your question i don't think i'm the, the guy to ask the guy to ask is sammy Irwin, uh employed yeah. to serve um but um i mean i'm happy to go with it <laughs> but mm-hmm. something i'm gonna take the question and slightly turn it around and actually ask you this because i think you'll have a more informed answer if i'm honest um what was it about death and scream bloody gore in particular that differentiated it enough from what had come to b- before to justify a whole new subgenre, in your opinion, because in my because I was listening to this, and I was like, in a way, this is kind of just a combination of Show No Mercy and Rain and Blood, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to do it down by saying that, um, because that sounds pretty cool to me, and it mm. is, um, but um, what do you think they were doing different from about from the heavier ends of the thrash metal? uh genre that that meant that we now have to give this a new spin and call it a sub you know call this a totally different subgenre. 
I think, well, there's a, there, there's a, a few um, things. There's a, I think there's a few parameters that need to be set out before we, before I go, I think before you go fully into that. Okay. Firstly, is this the first death metal album ever? Um, probably the first proper, in terms of it being the sort of first proper death metal album. Yeah. I reckon it probably is because I think, you know, we'd had, um, Apocalyptic Raids by Hellhammer is in 1984. So you've got the Death by Metal EP is coming out at that point. That's sort of similar. Um, a lot of people credit Hell Awaits. I mean, you mentioned the two that it sits either, that sit either side of it. Um, I mainly but, said Show No Mercy because I prefer it to Hell Awaits, but yeah. Okay, yeah. But I think Hell Awaits gets um, but Hell Awaits is a, great lot shout. Of, yeah. a lot of, you know, shouts. But the main one, the main, main, main one that it's kind of up against would be 1985's Seven Churches by Possessed. Yes, which is um, a record I'm going to confess I've not heard, but you were listening mm. to it, uh, well, yeah, I had, minutes ago, apparently. Yeah, I, I had a little listen back to it, um, just for sort of reference, because it's been a fucking long time since I listened to that record. And, um, and I can definitely see a much more, um, I was about to say much more heavy metal influence in possessed seven churches in a in a, uh, a nuobum kind of style in a nuobum kind of way and certainly in a in a in a thrash kind of i mean obviously they were thought of at the time as a thrash metal band because i mean it probably was a death metal album even though it didn't know it was a death metal album yeah, because exactly. death metal wasn't a thing at that point so it got called a i think it probably has it's closer in style to death than it is to you know judas priest or even anthrax but you can hear bits of kind of megadethy tones early megadeth tones yeah. to it you can definitely hear the slayerisms in it it is quite a violent record as well it's got all the kind of violent imagery of thrash but death dialed all of that up to a far greater um you know a far greater level of uh Sort of brutality i guess certainly the I sort mean, of lyrical content is very inspired by like almost exclusively almost exclusively inspired by horror movies mm, on this record yeah i mean there's the sort of george romero yeah. uh uh like influence on this record there is the you know the ed repka artwork now yeah. ed repka uh is famous for doing those megadeth albums he invented vic rattlehead and the Megadeth albums, as a as a as a kid, I was like, "Oh, look at that! Oh, on, it's on scaring a, me." On a quick side note to that, I have this wonderful hardbound book called "The Art of Metal," um, which I think I got given as a gift, and it's a I've got that yeah, somewhere. it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, really, I mean, if you're really really interested in sort of the history of the the art of i didn't realize i was in, as interested in it as i was until i got this book you know um and yeah ed Rebka's featured fucking loads in that as you can imagine but yeah that that's a really good tome if you like that sort of shit yeah it's really good um yeah and ed Rebka's stuff is you know on the megadeth albums is kind of it's kind of cartoony and apocalyptic -y looking isn't it you know yeah. what i mean like you look at the vic the vic rattlehead stuff and it's making a political point about you know nuclear armageddon whatever it's ridiculous um, it's ott it's over the top it's entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt if you'll forgive mm. the uh... but death is a very very horror movie i mean i wouldn't say that the megadeth albums look kind of 
horror movie they look kind of schlocky and b movie no there's a lot more blood and guts on display i would say quite literally on uh, yeah. death death records which would be taken to the nth degree with your cannibal corpses and so on and so forth but yeah absolutely but that but it feels um, like the beginning of that maybe probably. yeah i think so i mean that you know lots of people had done uh, tried to do kind of hard stuff and you know and i mean obviously Raining Blood talks about some pretty fucking horrible shit. But this is really the, you know, the kind of the mutilation or sacrificial. Sacrificial on this record was originally called Sacrificial Cunt. Mm. Which incidentally was also a title we uh, put back and forth for this show, wasn't it? <laughs> for your autobiography. <laughs> um, sure <laughs> i don't know why i'd be discussing the title of my autobiography with you but sure no, no, no. Um, <laughs> my autobiography uh, by the way is going to be called the stephen hill show <laughs> <laughs> but you know stuff like fucking i don't know retur- regurgitated guts yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but like the, the exit like bonded by bloods by exodus looks like oh, oh it's a demon and he's attached to a kid but it's not quite the same as you know, leprosy and spiritual healing and that like really fucking horrible well, dark yeah. shit that death were doing. And it was, I um, mean, if you look at the Bonded by Blood cover as well, it looks fucking terrible. Whereas, the, whereas these, these covers don't look terrible. They look, they look schlocky, but, but you know, that's what it's going for. That's the intent. So Bonded by Blood is just a not good cover at all. Yeah. Look, it just looks horrible, but not in, I, not in the way that it was intended. I don't think. I also think the the level of, I mean, nineteen eighty seven. So it's the year that um, Scum by Napalm Death comes out as well. In fact, I don't know exactly which one of these two came out first. I'm going to double check mm-hmm. which one came out. Not that I think, um, you know, Scum is a, got anything to do with death metal at all. But I'm just be interested in the kind of. Uh, so July. So this actually came out. So it came out on the first of July. So if you're a fan of extreme music, I mean, it's not bad. Not bad month, is it? Like, is that sorry? That's you, death. You, death you, came out first July or Napalm Death. May May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, was death, and first of July, nineteen eighty seven. So a week later, Scum by Napalm Death. So it's literally a week between those two records. Two of the most kind of groundbreaking and influential records in the history of extreme metal. Did you say came ma- out? Did you say May and July, or did you say May and June? May and July. Oh, a month. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, five, June five July. weeks. Yeah. Five, five weeks. Yeah. Okay. So a month. Based sort of a month. About a month. Um, or five they, weeks. I don't want five <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Uh, why did I think it went May, July? What a fucking idiot. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's they're, they're very, very close together. In the grand scheme of things, those are two albums that are incredibly close together. But Death did get in there first. And, um, yeah, man, I think uh, it's just... that that vocal delivery i mean one of the things i think about this record is that chuck's when you speak about chuck it's always about what an incredible guitar player he was and what a visionary songwriter he was and that's all true not sure how true it is on this record certainly in comparison with where they would end up going well there's some there's some pretty impressive leads on this Uh, yeah yeah i understand what you're saying but there's there's some some pretty impressive 
yeah, some good, really good shit on here. But mm. I think in comparison to yeah, yeah when yeah. you get, I mean, even a year later, we'll, we'll talk about this. It became it became far more te- became but far more technical, far it? far more technical. But his voice on this record mm. is that's the kind of the extreme metal proper like his voice is murderous on this record yeah, yeah some of those screams i mean i know the the angel of death scream by slayer but that's one sort of 15 second scream on the entire record yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh this is a massive notch up from that i think yeah constantly I, yeah i think i'd agree and it also his vocals i mean i suppose something i struggle with with death metal is is sort of after a while the vocals just become kind of like this sort of noise which is just sort of happening over the top of things um with with many 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 death metal and black metal acts i feel that is the case um but it never does with death um and i think it's kind of it's difficult to put your finger on why that doesn't happen but for my taste it just doesn't um i i can you know i can listen to a whole death record and not get bored by the end of it most of the time and i think that has a lot to do with chuck's vocal delivery i'm guessing yeah i i I think that's you know i think that's definitely true he really goes up and he's got a sort of he's uses his entire register yeah totally as a vocalist totally you know there are some blood-curdling screams on this album i mean i think you know the opening the the the, the infernal death which is the first song yeah you know like straight away like "Ah!" and then you know the start of baptizing blood another one which is just (laughs) inhumanly inhumanly massive um like that is uh, you know that is a, a i think is one of their strengths um that they had from very very early on i mean there's not a lot about this record that i would say they don't improve upon throughout their career but chuck's voice might be one of the things that Mm. has been good from year dot oh i certainly i certainly think that yes whilst this was an incredibly influential record i certainly think they went on and improved almost every aspect of it um I don't know. I think I think if if Chuck's vocals did improve, maybe they didn't improve. Maybe it wasn't him improving, maybe it was the production techniques getting better. So I think they do sound more powerful in other records, but I don't know if that's strictly down to him to performance or whether it's down to production. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think that, you know, it's the thing that sounds I, okay, I don't think it's as big a leap, even if you yeah. get a bit better. I think oh, the leap probably isn't like unless you do go, wow. Whereas I think it's quite hard to listen to Scream Bloody Gore with the ears of a, someone in 2020 who has all this wealth of um, extreme music of the past, what, you know, 30 odd years that has happened since. Well, I do and I don't. I mean, in a way, yes, okay, production wise, it's not going to have the power of what we're used to listening to these days. But there's a weird, and this is a strange thing to say about death metal, but there's a weird cleanliness to it. There's a weird kind of, um, I think why I prefer death over a lot of a lot of their peers is because you feel like you know the direction that everything's, everything is so clearly and precisely laid out. You feel like the direction, everything's going in the direction that it needs to pull itself in. You know, mm. it feels classic because it feels like, rather than just chucking in as many elements as they possibly can 
you're you're being you're focusing on the most important part of the song whether it's the riff at that point or the guitar solo or whatever whatever it is i mean that's that's kind of because i thought it might come up why do i like death and then don't like for example black dahlia murder or something like that uh anywhere near as much and i think it's to do with that sort of clarity i think clarity is the better way to put it rather than cleanliness it's the clarity of the sound that comes mm. through because it's not been muddled with too many elements that it doesn't need it feels like everything is there and everything is serving its purpose mm. i got yeah, there eventually stripped down no 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 i know what you mean there's a kind of stripped down <clears throat> sparseness to a lot of death metal that yeah are, those early death metal records that are i mean I, I think to be able to that seesaw we talk about the kind of balance and the seesaw stuff is managing to kind of balance that sparseness and kind of heaviness and you know naked brutality w whilst also being musically interesting and feeling it feeling like a rich listen exactly morbid angel and morbid angel another one who do it you know like those leads trades leads um are fucking unbelievable mm. and they sound and that's you know it's again morrison studio scott burns i mean chuck actually not only did he play everything on this i think he he co-produced it so it's randy Tense. burns randy burns um at the music grinder in la and they did actually record it in florida originally this record they recorded it twice so didn't they yeah yeah they recorded it twice um if you've ever heard the recordings from florida then you could probably understand why they did that have uh, you heard those recordings yes so the 2016 reissue which we'll talk about in a little bit um because this has been reissued and remastered and rejigged up a fucking hell of a lot mm -hmm. over the years this record um so i can kind of understand when i did it i mean it's kind of funny really that the album that sort of invented this sound that kind of everybody wanted to go for in death metal in florida actually but at morris sound with with scott burns actually didn't get recorded in florida mm -hmm. at morris sound mm -hmm. with scott burns mm -hmm. um which again, I think is kind of testament to how fucking good Death were pretty early on. And if you do listen to the the, the Florida and then... I think if you had listened to the Florida version of the record, the uh, the album as it is released, and then listen to Leprosy, that's like a year. Mm. Yeah. And the, the growth mm. is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like their growth as a band. I mean, obviously, I know in Leprosy they became more of a band rather than just like one bloke and a drummer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's just really, really hugely impressive. I was how much they improved in that short amount of time. For so, for some time, I was under the mistaken belief that Leprosy was their first record. I didn't even know about Scream Bloody Gore for ages. Um, I'm not sure why that was, but um, yeah, I was under that impression for a long time. I think um, I wanted to talk about the fact that it's this is basically i mean bar the drums obviously this is effectively a one-man band um mm. we've talked about records like this there's foo fighters um first record queens of the stone age first record um obviously that whole sort of one-man band thing has become a massive thing in extreme metal generally um i mean more so than in any other genre i think possibly i guess bar yeah, soundcloud probably. rappers and stuff like that yeah. um and I but mean, they are solo artists. They are just solo. Well, artists. Well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. And um, 
I think again, I mean, it is something that I wang on about, but again, just just another reason I adore this record is is just how analogy it sounds and 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 how it does sound like a band all playing in the same room together. And the irony is, of course, there's no way that it could have been that. Mm-hmm. But there is something about the this does feel very live and very real and in your face there's nothing digital about it at all i mean there wouldn't have been it it wouldn't have been able to be digital at this point in time um but again i think that's just something that i really really respond to because so much death metal that i hear now has been processed and protoed to shit you know you can hear the drums aren't really real and on stuff and things like this and it's just it just doesn't hit me in the same way that this this more analog way of doing it sounds and i think it is an amazing testament to him that it is all him because it doesn't sound like it it sounds like a band playing in a room yeah you know it sounds absolutely fantastic um which is you know it's rare that you say that about metal records released in 1987 to be honest but I still think it sounds great in a way. It's quite obviously of its time. But mm. I, I, I prefer the sound of this than I do to any of the modern death metal stuff coming out, more or less. Yeah, I think particularly when you get that... Uh, I don't know, did you listen to the original? Or did you listen to the, the 2016 remaster? Do you know? I'm I'm assuming I listened to the 2016 remaster because I heard it on... I listened to it on Spotify. So I'm guessing the remaster yeah um because i listened to the the remaster and the original and i think the original the original sounds so it's really fucking powerful like it still sounds really powerful and the 2016 remaster it sort of pumps it up a bit and it gives it a bit more of a kind of um like a kind of uh buzzsaw edge and it it makes those screams feel just a little bit more piercing Mm -hmm. But it's not that different, really. Right. It's not hugely different. I mean, you know, they they haven't, I think quite intelligently, they haven't tried to pretty it up in any way whatsoever, you know. Well, we have also talked about this a bit in the past. I mean, the difference between remixes and remasters as well. I mean, a remaster, generally, there are exceptions, but generally a remaster, you're not going to be able to do as much to it as you can a a remix Mm. anyway. Um, yeah. so yeah that makes sense to me that there wouldn't be a massive amount of difference certainly if um, if it had been remixed I would have taken the time to listen to both but I didn't think mm. there was much point and it sounds no, like no 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 I mean it was just like worth listening to of course I thought I'd have a yeah, yeah, yeah. listen um, uh, I, the other thing I was going to say I mean yeah it, it does it sounds great and um, and it sounds like I mean I think the thing is is because it's their first record and it is a lot of the I guess probably the invention of a lot of the tropes of death metal um, is maybe why it doesn't hit so hard today yeah. as it might have done back in the day. And I think that's true of everything from fucking Kill em All to, you know, the first Black Sabbath album to the first Korn album to whatever you want to pick. Yeah, um, but I think what's interesting about it is as well is that, you know, there is a, there's a few bits like Evil Dead starts with this kind of old school maiden gallop sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and Chuck said a bunch of times how he became very, very uncomfortable with the label of the godfather of death metal. And he preferred to think of death as just a metal band. He didn't really like the term death metal. That's um, interesting. I, I didn't know this. Okay. Mm. 
yeah so you know he well yeah what i said he was he was not really interested in being kind of pigeonholed as a death metal musician and i think if you listen to as you kind of go through their career and also if you listen to like you know the control denied album that he did very very little to do with death metal really and you can see him sort of trying to get away from that shit as much as possible um and that, and that was down to the constraints of what he saw as the subgenre or do you know i don't really know i mean i guess just a lot of people i think when a lot of people sort of copy what you do and you go because like we say you know he moves on he moves so quickly i mean there are four years between screen bloody gore and human there is yeah, i mean even even more i mean there are 11 years between Scream Bloody Gore and The Sound of Perseverance. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, we've done this thing. We've we've said a bunch of times before, like when people talk about metal and they go, oh, it's so different. It's so different. And often it isn't. Often they are very kind of small incremental changes, which because metal doesn't change very much, people go, oh, my God, it's so different. But death, uh, not really true of death. Like their um, they're, they're, they're kind of expansion as a band is very very pronounced for kind of anyone yeah, really I, I think um and to think that you know in 11 years you've made seven albums and you've gone from this to that yeah yeah you can't say that of like i don't know fucking venom or something i know venom's black metal but you know you can't say that mm. of i don't know well can you in say it of, can you say it of slayer <laughs> you know probably not we definitely can't say it of slayer you can't even really say it, i mean you can't even really say it about megadeth or one of those you know you can probably say, I mean, I suppose risk is quite different from, but then is it, they, they're, they're not. Yeah. I think Megadeth's the harder one to argue, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No. I, mean, I mean, you know, unfortunately with Megadeth, most of their experiments have been a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think Megadeth have, exper- I mean, you know, euthanasia, cryptic writings, risk. Risk. Yeah, risk being called a risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, really, well, you know, it is a risk to release a fucking dreadful record. <laughs> <I suppose>. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's um, it's interesting. I just think it's interesting that, like, for whatever reason, I mean, I did watch the. You should, if you've got Amazon Prime, I think I mentioned it before. There's a documentary, Death by Metal, which I watched a few months ago. I do uh, really. I really want to see, having returned this record. I really want to see this now. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really good, and you know, it kind of pays chuck as a fairly difficult man to get along with oh right um quite a perfectionist right um you can hear hear that though you can hear that i think very very unwilling to bend at all to the sort of the whims of other people hence why you know if you look at deaths the amount of people that death have had in the band over the years mm. it's a mm. lot of people mm. you know but then that's what's it what that isn't the unwillingness to bend to other people what extreme music's all about it is yeah debatably is. you know mm. um so yeah i mean maybe that's part but also saying that though mate it's quite interesting that this is definitely the most straightforward death album undoubtedly comfortably without a question and, without a shadow of a doubt and it is the the one where he didn't have to bend to anyone because it was just like you say a one-man band uh when he gets other people in mm. shit starts getting really interesting well true but then you say this is the most straight ahead one and i know you are absolutely right but then would it have sounded so straight ahead at the time i guess it probably i guess context is everything and i don't know would it have sounded straight ahead at the time so yeah yeah i understand what you're saying but um 
No, yeah, you're right. It would have been. It would have sound fucking, fucking mind blowing. I would have thought. Mm. I mean, the only other bat like of the of the big four, Slayer is the easy comparison. You mentioned Possessed. Um, Morbid Angel started later than this, didn't they? Um, yeah. Like, I, I I don't know. I mean, as I said, I'm not I'm not an expert on this scene, but I don't know many other bands around who you could have really put them in with in 1987 i mean you know celtic frost had changed quite a lot but i guess you got celtic frost and you know there's all the stuff that went on to, you know the sort of first wave of black metal and um and all that but that's it's a bit really of a different. different thing yeah very yeah, yeah it's very different yeah. and then i mentioned napalm death who again it's very very different yeah they're kind of an island onto themselves in a way aren't they napalm death yeah um but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, yes, this would have been very, very shocking to hear, I think, yeah. in 1987 from that part of the metal scene. But, you know, it's 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 everything amped up even further than before. But at the same time, you know, like I say, there are little touches, occasional little flourishes of, of metal just kind of him rather than wanting to be. I don't think anyone ever goes out of their way to go, we're going to invent a genre. Of course not. But he just happened to invent one. And within sort of three or four years, everyone was doing this, basically. Like, loads of people were kind of deliberately going to Florida to deliberately make a record that sounded deliberately like this. And I think that is probably why he would be uncomfortable with the sort of godfather of death metal terminology, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I haven't really um, paid too much attention as to as I paid too much attention, I I didn't really look to find any interviews or anything with Chuck where he professed that. I just know that that is true. Mm. Um, so we're, you know, we're spitballing a bit and kind of doing a bit of guesstimation work as to whether or not that is true. But um, but yeah, I think most artists who, do Korn like being called the godfather of the new metal? I don't think they love it. Not. No, I don't think they love it. No. Um, but then I guess because that's because when you feel like you're responsible for a whole, or when you're told you're responsible for a whole subgenre, so you think about all the crap that mm. <laughs> kind of came up from it. I mean, yeah. certainly corn, poor corn, um, you know, um, and let's face it, there's, there's loads of crap death metal bands. I mean, fucking hell, you know, yeah. th like there's loads of embarrassing new metal bands, but there's loads of just utter crap death metal bands, you know, so. I can well, I think that. as well, I mean, particularly when, when you've got, you know, like Sound of Perseverance coming out in 1998. And like, I think that's a brilliant record, frankly. Yeah, I like Sound of um, It's really, really, really good. Um, but Death Metal itself was sort of seen as there has been like a joke, like it's over. Do you know what I mean? It was Oh, at that time, yeah. It was yeah. done. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was, yeah. It was done. And he died in 2001. So he probably died feeling like Death Metal was, you know, fucked. It was completely shit. That's something and, I sorry, just to, to interrupt, that's something I've not even considered actually. The fact that like after he passed, like death in a way became even more of a legend after he passed away, really, didn't didn't it? Not, yeah, not, I think so, yeah. But not not I don't think it did because he passed away. I think I think years later there was more of a death metal resurgence. Um and then people sort of went back to death and discovered them. And we're like, holy shit, this is incredible, you know. And this was being done back in the late 80s kind of thing. Um, so I don't think it was like Chuck died and then everyone started listening to death. I think it was a far more kind no, of it did, organic it, it process. 
it did feel like a few years because I remember the kind of tributes came in and they were from people who were, you know, in death metal bands at the time who were probably, yeah. a lot of them weren't great death metal bands, you know? I mean, as I said, I think Nile helped massively to turn the tide of, you know, the popular opinion of death metal. And there was, you know, that, that whole scene and that whole uh, movement, uh, all that kind of relapse record stuff that was coming out from sort of 2000, 2001 to era um which which was really good and that sort of lit a bit of a fire under death metal which then you know uh has kind of got us into the place where we are now which is i feel like some really good stuff and I, some not so good stuff yeah yeah i feel like that started three or four years after chuck's death though the relapse yeah. stuff that you're talking about like rough roughly very roughly mm, i don't know well you had I mean, I, I do think Black Seeds of Vengeance plays a Sorry, that's, that was that's 2000. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that was the sort of big one. But, you know, there had... The thing with Death is, which again, we'll talk about in a second, is they didn't have a big commercial push in the same way as Entombed did. They were Entombed ended up doing the fucking Ozfest over here and supporting Machine Head. Yeah. They never had Death doing that. No, absolutely not. You... You know, Carcass had went a bit more Melodeth. Yes. In Flames, the more commercial they got, yes. the sort of bigger they got. Cannibal Corpse were the sort of big, you know, straight ahead boogeymen of the time. Yeah. I think Morbid Angel got big off the back of releasing this fucking incredible debut record at definitely the right time. People clung on to them. Perfect time. Obituary yeah. signed to Roadrunner and it was a fucking no-brainer that people were going to go for the stuff. Same with Deicide. You know, Deicide were the most evil ones, weren't they? Yeah. Glenn, ben Glenn Benton was a mouthy fucker and he was saying how he's going to beat up Jesus or something. Yeah. Up, up, branded himself with an upside-down crucifix. Branded himself with an upside-down crucifix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I used to hear Deicide, you know, especially when the sort of 1999, when the stuff that was coming out, whenever you'd get a Metal Hammer CD and it'd be like, oh, there's a Deicide song on it. And I'd listen to it and I'd just go, this is fucking crap. What are your feelings Born on Deicide it? now? Because I've I've never got it, personally. I don't really rate... I think... De no, I don't rate Deicide. Mm. I don't particularly rate... De no, I don't really. Are they, are they the Gigi Allen of Extreme Metal? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I, is well, that harsh? No, fuck me. <laughs> of Extreme Metal? Definitely not because well, there's no. all those bloody Norwegians roaming <laughs> yeah, around, aren't there? Um, but um, certainly... Uh, I listened to Once Upon a Cross um, not so long back and I was like, this is... This is boring. It's not that good. I don't get it. I mean, in, in you know, when you've got albums like Leprosy and Human and um, Symbolic, I just think... Why bother? Why are you listening to fucking Deicide? Deicide. Like, yeah, you've I got agree. Autos of Madness. Why are you listening to Deicide? I don't... And that might be, you know, sorry, Sammy, if you're listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, who, who likes Who likes every single death metal <laughs> album ever made. Like, I get it. I get it. It's a good type of music. I understand. But there's just... I don't know. Like, yeah, I never really... I never got into Deicide. But there are, there, you know, like... There just wasn't in the nineties when Chuck was around. There didn't appear to be any appetite for death metal being anything other than this sort of big shorts, Floridan. Do you know what I mean? Like stoner, horror and monster obsessed thing. And it got more and more boring. And they were putting out these records, and you never heard about it. I mean, I was into fucking ma really into metal in 1998 do you know what i mean that's all i paid attention to yeah 
And I don't remember the sound of perseverance coming out. I don't remember anyone ever mentioning it. No, neither do I. Neither do I. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have been that far down. I wouldn't have. I at my age, I wouldn't have been that far down the rabbit hole to have for it to have registered. If I'm totally honest, I probably probably got my first Slayer CD around ninety seven, ninety eight, and that to me yeah. was like this is the heaviest it gets. You know, at that stage I was mm. thirteen. But um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can definitely tell you, even though I wasn't, you know, going out and looking for fucking every, you know, I didn't know the difference between Bathory and Cradle of Filth back then. But I did know, I did see these bands and go, oh, that's a death metal band. That's a black. Like I knew what was, you know, and I knew Pissing Razors (laughs) or whatever who were getting a bit of a push. And you never saw shit about the sound of perseverance when it came out. It didn't get in fucking mentioned. It might have got. It probably did get reviewed in Kerrang. Don't know when. You know, it just wasn't, and it probably did in Metal Hammer as well. Never, never, never got picked up on at all. Um, well, certainly when I was introduced to Death, which would have been around two thousand and nine. I mean, surely I, I, I imagine I would have heard of them, but I think to me they would have just been a another death metal band. I had no idea that they were the the first or perceived first. I had no idea of the history. I had no idea about Chuck or anything like that. I just, just I don't think I even knew about Chuck's Chuck's death at the time that I heard death. Um, well, to give you um, some sort of idea as to how death were being treated by mainstream rock publications at the time, I found, so we, you haven't heard it yet, sorry about this, but when we recorded our, Queens of Stone Age specials are classic albums. Um, I found a couple of reviews of various things. And one of the magazines I found was, it was something like the 500 best albums ever made. And it was 20 albums from every, like every subgenre. So it was the best albums of the 20th century by subgenre. So there was metal, there was punk, there was hardcore, there was new metal was one. There was black metal, there was stoner, there was, you know, whatever else industrial yeah and there was death metal and there wasn't a death album in there Mm. seems like a massive oversight which seems you know i mean god i think we i apologize at the start for not us not putting death in ahead of death heaven (laughs) but you've got 20 fucking death metal albums to pick yeah and you haven't picked a death album yeah that's mad to me or is it 10 it might have been 10 actually i might be overselling that slightly but even 10 even 10 is mad. I mean, I, I reckon I probably go to half a dozen death metal bands on a semi-regular basis, maximum, and death is one mm. of them. So, yeah. I mean, even if even if you don't like them, I still think you might not like it, but you've got to respect it. I mean, for my money, um, we'll move on to like the sort of the various reissues that, they've, that have happened. I mean, it was actually, it was re-released in 1999, this record. All right. Okay. Um, with a couple of live bonus tracks, it was then re-released again with an extra live with a denial of life live track added on alongside that, um, and then you got the Big Daddy remaster in 2016, which is a triple disc full of demos, outtakes, the original Florida studio sessions, um, and it actually landed at 174 on the Billboard chart when it was came back in 2016, which is the only time that album. Or the only time Death the band at all have ever charted. I was about to ask you that. That is the only time they've ever charted, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, given the type of music it is, it shouldn't be that surprising in a way. But yeah, yeah, no. interesting though, isn't it? 
not really. But then 2016, I mean, two years before that, the Acacia Strain were getting to number 34 on the Billboard chart. Mm. So <clears throat> uh, it's um, it certainly doesn't feel like still, even still today, it doesn't really feel like death or this album of truly get the kind of complete it's weird because i think they do but they don't yeah you know what i mean like i mean metal hammer have just put a thing up about the 50 best bands ever to come out of the u.s and death were like number eight mm. which is pretty high very high <laughs> yeah yeah um, higher than i expected actually that's cool. high than i would have expected I mean, it's, it's good but then at the same time they never charted uh they had this whole period where i think people just knew him for oh the guy died and he sort of invented the thing yeah and they weren't really talked about during the proper um i mean when you think about that 1991 92 death metal boom era i think a lot of people do go straight to cannibal corpse yeah and maybe morbid angel obituary day aside they felt like the big four to me yeah 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 no, i wouldn't have put death in the big four at all um but they obviously deserve to be because they are kind of well aren't they the metallica of it in a way um in 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 the sense of them not obviously not them being the biggest but in the sense of them effectively you know creating the genre in the first place um i mean weren't they isn't this simply just because they were four to five years ahead of their time yeah, I think it probably is. I think it certainly is. And I mean, did you ever see um, Death to All? Yeah. So they got a load of the old members. And I saw it. It had Sean Reinhart, Gene Hoglan, mm. um, Paul Masvidal, uh, and a whole bunch of the other ones. Um, and they played um, They played at Hellfest. Oh, cool. Headlined a stage at Hellfest in, I want to say, 2015. And I went to see it and it was really good. It was really good. And it was this massive stage. And I'm not kidding you, man. It was like, st like it, it was 10 deep outside the tent. <laughs> wow. It was fucking packed. There must have been 10,000 people trying to get in to watch it. It was absolutely fucking rammed. And when you think as well, I think they were clashing with, um, I think they were clashing with Iron Maiden. I mean, if it was Hellfest, they were probably clashing with every single brilliant band ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they, I think they, they might have been. I think they started halfway through Maiden's set. Right. So it was in 2014, and it was it was really good. It was really good to see like that many people enjoying that. So I think like now, you know. If if there was a way for death to come back now with Chuck, I think they would now be. I mean, you look what's happened to Creator over the last sort of decade, yeah. and how much bigger they've got. Like they were not a big deal, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of instances of these bands who were not a big deal in the '90s and into the start of the 2000s who are now, you know, in extreme music who are now like really really rising up as sort of a big deals. Creator being one. I mean, I guess, you know, Cannibal, I'm, I'm wondering if Cannibal, like I've seen Cannibal Corpse at the Forum. I'm mm -hmm. wondering if Cannibal Corpse are as big now as they've ever been before. Obituary played the Electric Ballroom. I mean, I remember Obituary only ever used to play 
the underworld back in the day like there's a yeah. whole bunch of them it's always the underworld that you think of in london yeah. certainly for this kind of thing but yeah i mean who knows it's um it's a difficult one and obviously something that's never going to happen i don't think anyone mm. wants to see uh chuck schleinder uh hologram you know no 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 um but um yeah i don't know god i don't know where they play for i'd like to think it would be forum sized these days well death dta and obscura 2013 london forum fair enough okay cool that's 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 a tribute act oh fuck do you know what i mean that's not even death that's caius lives yeah 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 wow I mean, you know, that it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Fistachino ended up playing the Forum, I think. Or Caius Lives played the Forum. Caius Lives played, yeah, the Forum. Um, they, they played Electric Ballroom first, but then they played the Forum. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you measure how big a band like Death are these days? I mean, taking a look at Spotify, their monthly listens, they get... At, at time of recording just shy of half a million monthly listens Ugh, i don't know i don't know what that translates to man no me i have either. no idea hmm. but yeah I but mean, i but, mean what know. what's the step up from the forum brixton brixton be, be hard pressed to think that they would be able to play brixton yeah yeah exactly so i don't know i guess it would be the forum but i, I don't know i have no idea i mean it's, it's even that you know like that's that's still for a fucking death metal band to be able to headline the forum yeah you know, that's big and i think they could definitely if they were around now i think they could definitely do it um anyway uh last sort of chat about this last sort of kind of thing to finish up on this actual record i get the fascination with screen bloody gore i think it's a really cool straight ahead death metal record um at a time when that didn't exist mm -hmm. um but i have to say when you look at how much more they come on just a year later um how much more interesting how much more technical and violent and brilliant and just thrilling that record is and that's before we even get into symbolic and human and all those other albums um i really do like scream bloody girl i think it's great but i can't get on board with anyone who says it's their best album no. I think you're mad. No. And there are people who say that. I think you're oh, fucking mad. No. I think you're fucking mad. Like I think if you if you Google um what is the best death album, you get a lot of people saying it's scream bloody gore. Mm. Mm. I mean it's it's I don't think I'm into death enough to be able to like um order their discography, but it would be pretty low for me. Like maybe maybe fifth think maybe bottom for me might, to be might even yeah i mean yeah I'm, I'm not i don't i don't know all seven records well enough to be able to properly assess it but yeah i mean i mean i don't think like the, the the sort of first half of their discography the kind of or the you know that the kind of the what i would call the court's kind of pure death metal trilogy of screen bloody gore leprosy and spiritual healing mm. leprosy is the best i think definitely yeah i would agree I, with that spiritual healing it, it's not i mean it's certainly not as good as anything that came after it it's between screen bloody gore and spiritual healing for that bottom place for me i'm afraid i'm looking at the 
Wikipedia entry for the spiritual healing now, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I've even heard it. So uh, yeah, I couldn't say, but um, certainly, certainly, I prefer leprosy to scream bloody gore, undoubtedly. Yeah. And then after that, it's just a different thing entirely, isn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, listen, a good album and definitely a good death metal oh, album. Yeah. Um, and thanks very much for the suggestion. Fascinating Tom. one to talk about. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Because it, it, it is a you know a really really good one to talk about. And maybe one day, Renfrey, you and I will be able to talk about Human on a proper classic album special. Oh. Uh, and do death a bit more justice in depth of the stuff that we were sort of talking about. Who knows? I'd I mean, I would. That. I think that'd be cool. Don't have to. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we could do. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, thank you, Tom, for suggesting that. It's been fun. Um Scream Bloody Gore by Death, the first, de- first ever death metal album. There you go. Rubber stamped by us, sort of. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for listening. We appreciate that. Um, we'll be back with another one of these soon. Go over to Riot Act. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast and upgrade to the £5 tier and get the classic album series specials that are really, really bloody good. We like them very much. Um, that would be my uh, that would be my suggestion to you. Um so uh yeah that's it Renfrey. we're done we're finished we're out thank you very much steve see you later see you later mate bye bye